Welcome back to Perfect Imbalance. New rules for achieving success, happiness and greater fulfilment in our lives. I'm your host Jeff Way and I'm back with episode 15. First of all, thank you for your kind words on the back of episode 14, Shine with Gavin Oates. It's always great to receive feedback either through social media or or through email. So thank you very much indeed. Episode 15, Emma Lanigan is the guest that's being interviewed and sharing some insight with us today. Emma talks about long-lasting change. Uh, She talks a lot about her own story um, around mental health. She talks about fitting the model and leaves us with a beautiful final message around give, play, love and learn. Here's Emma. Emma, it's an absolute pleasure to uh, spend some time with you today and to have you on the podcast. So thank you very much indeed for agreeing uh, to come on and share some of your thoughts. That's absolutely well. Thank you very much for inviting me. Goodness. (laughs) You're welcome. Now, for the listeners that perhaps don't know as much about you as I do, um, and definitely moving away from a traditional job title per se. Describe what it is you do and why people want to work with you. Goodness. Okay. So I sum up what I do is in reconnecting, recharging and empowering individuals in their life and their business. Um, it took me a while to sum that all up. Um, but yeah, I, so I do a lot of one-to-one work, but it could be with a business owner through mentoring, marketing mentoring, um, through individual coaching. And then I also do Reiki um, sessions one-to-one. Um, sometimes I blend the Reiki with the coaching. Um, and then I'm also a holistic massage therapist. And sometimes people wonder, how does that all work together? Um, but often, and what I find now is that many of my clients will either be thinking of setting up a business, they run an established business, or they're very senior profile um, within their business, and they are finding challenges um, and opportunity that they want to explore, um, and some of that also energetically. So they come and find somebody like me who understands that commercial world, but also can share that energetic stuff too. It's very exciting. Wow, there's a whole host of things in there, uh, which which fascinate me, um, first and foremost. H- how do you go about combining some of those things when, when you work with clients? So what's interesting is, and some very interesting feedback I've had recently, is that um, from a business, so I have like 20 year experience of, of marketing, so there's, it's like, it's sort of in me and I can't leave it, and it doesn't leave me. So. Um, if somebody starts talking to me about their business or a business idea they have, but they're actually have come to visit me in a personal capacity, then I I can tend to get a good feel whether any information I could share with them from a, a marketing support is appropriate. So then I'll bring that into a conversation and then they'll be like, well, because obviously their interest is in their own personal and spiritual or self-development. But actually, how is that any different to them developing their business? Because many years ago, one of my lines was, you are your business and aligning you with your business. And obviously now it's the reconnect um, part. So 
it's it's interesting. I get some businesses that are like, well, it can't touch you. You work with energy, not interested. Well-being, ugh, who wants to know about that? And that's fine. And they're probably not the right people to work with me. Um, but what I do say is that anybody that does, all of my clients, I have incredibly good relationships with because they get that I look at everything holistically. So there's nothing that gets missed out by me. <laughs> Wow. And, and at what point did you decide to focus on um, not, not only helping people and also empowering them, but, but combining these elements together with, with a holistic approach? At what point did you settle on that? God, that's really good, actually, to think, because obviously I went from having the marketing career to life change, going into well-being. Um, and then I think something that maybe your listeners can identify with is that you go through um, a phase of being commercial and material to the complete opposite end. You give up everything and you just care, 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 compassion, 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 no money, no commercial, it's gone. And then at one point that starts to come together again. And that probably was... I'm, trying, I'm not very good with years and times because I kind of, it sounds terrible, but I'm really consciously aware of each day that sometimes looking back over time, I'm like, oh, where was that? Um, so probably, I know, six, seven years ago, I started to believe and understand the commercial value. And actually, it was on uh, one of my NLP trainings, and it was the first one, so that's even longer ago, um, so nine years when I was learning about the process and some of the processes and techniques within the coaching, um, I was like, this is like my marketing degree. This is what I, this is what I would do with a business project. So all that knowledge I'd had for say, you know, 12, 15 years, and I would apply to any project campaign business. And I'd never ever used any of that on myself. So wow. to combine that level of knowledge and experience, to um, a personal level as well, I think makes it really incredibly strong and also sustainable. So it's about making long lasting change rather than just, oh yeah, I think I might just do this. It's like, let's get right into it. Let's really change the foundation and push ahead, yeah. There's, there's a real positive energy about you, which I'd expect, but it, it comes through as well when, when you're talking. How important is it do you think to to be able to do something that, that you love and enjoy and also for the the clients that you work with do you know having been in an environment I mean I loved my marketing career and that the elements I worked in exhibition and event um, operations actually which is quite different um, and then lead generation for events so what I'm trying to explain is that the, there's a lot of deadlines there's a lot of pressure but there's a lot of really good communication involved there and I loved it but the job didn't love me okay so if you're thinking about your perfect imbalance um, to work-life balance there was no balance at all it was work 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 the rest of my life li literally didn't matter because if I had a show on everything was about that show it was never about me. So I've been in that situation where you can love something, but it doesn't love you. And it makes you ill, actually. Uh, and I was physically ill and I also had a, a mental health illness. So, And it took me quite a while to recover and get that strength from it all back. 
So to be in something that I love and I care about, I think it still has its challenges. And I wouldn't ever say to anybody, oh, my goodness, it's just like so amazingly wonderful. Yes, it is. I get to make choices every single day about what I do, who I work with, how I work. That, that's incredibly empowering, isn't it? But actually, I'm still running a business. So I still have admin to do. Do I love doing that? Not all the time, no. Not many of us do. I have to learn to love that part of it so that I can enjoy that time I spend with my clients. And my next bit to answer your question is time. So when I spend time with my clients one-to-one, I create time for them. So they book in their time with me, which is what we do. We normally work by time, but I allocate extra time either side. I don't say that to them, but it means I'm never rushed. I'm never under pressure when I meet a client and I've always got plenty of time to say goodbye and wrap up. And that, if as long as I maintain that, I'll still be passionate and love what I'm doing. I love it. Just just the way you, again, you talk passionately and you talk very openly about your own experience, which, which I always love to hear, albeit, you know, you're sharing stuff which perhaps wasn't a particularly good time of your life but I love to hear it because it shows it, it shows that you're human and I think that's often the side that people choose not to share um, yet others will look at where you are at a certain point in your life and then have certain perceptions about how you've got there and how well you're doing um, I love what you said there about work didn't love you um, I've not heard that before. I've oh. certainly not heard it put across that way before, but it makes absolute sense. I've said it for years. I mean, I was in my, um, oh, just after your mid 20s, so about 25, 26. And so I'd spent all of my 20s from leaving university, just full on career. That's that's what we did in our, our day. And I'm not sounding old because I'm not old, but, you know, 20 years ago, you worked your butt off, basically and make something of yourself that's what it was about and I did my absolute best I really did I didn't fit in um I didn't fit into the industry I worked in which was publishing media and PR and you know and even marketing I worked agency and in-house and you know I wasn't I don't think I fitted the model Um, I'm strong I'm opinionated I'm passionate and often that doesn't go down very well especially and no with diversity and all that going on at the moment gender diversity I I was female I was young I wasn't married and I was going into meetings and going I, I, I took on every battle I could because I cared about it and actually I think from the very beginning I've I was battling and I always say this when I look back my 20s were a fight I loved it but it didn't love me. And so at one point I had to end the battle, which I did. I didn't let it beat me, though. Well, clearly not, because <laughs> not only are you you're here today, but you're also talking you know, very passionately about what you do and, and how you've continued that, that driver, if you like, of caring, uh, but also caring for yourself as well. You touched on a few things there, which, which I think will link into my next question and it's what 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 strengths or traits have allowed you to get to this point so i i'm really focused i'm very very self-motivated um if something 
do you know one of the things we learn in coaching is about finding your why and making your why so big so we, that's no different in business either you've got to have a reason for doing your business to care about it but for me if I don't have a reason to do something I absolutely just can't do it it doesn't it physically I, I can't take any action so I have to be so behind something and that that isn't conscious it's how I feel about something and I've been like I like it with people I'm like it with traveling to visit places um if somebody says to me oh do you want to go and watch this movie I really don't want to see that movie I can't go oh I'll make myself go I can't do it I've never been able to so I think I obviously have a very strong sense of what I know I want to have um which is obviously a key trait um I'm very optimistic (laughs) I always have been actually and a lot of times when I was younger so before working years Everybody would say I was far too optimistic, and that was a bad thing. Yeah, so I grew up thinking being optimistic was terrible. I also grew up thinking that being a thinker and being thoughtful, so, you know, thinking about things and processing them, what do they mean, how does that work for me? I did that as a kid. That was wrong, apparently. I wasn't supposed to think like that. I should just get on with life. Actually, how funny is it? that now people come to see me because they haven't had that time to process their thoughts or their feelings. So I can look back now and see all of that. But so yes, I'm very, I'm a thinker. I'm motivated by things I really, really care about. And yeah, I'm optimistic. I I will look at a big picture and if I believe 100% in it, it's gonna happen. Excellent. It just so much, so many different thoughts running through my mind as you as you talk there about some of your strengths and, and some of your traits. If we're not careful, we we become the product of of our environment. And clearly, there was some conflict going on in your mind at quite an early age that said, "Whoa, whoa no, I'm quite happy being a, an optimist. Um, I, I I'm comfortable with with being a thinker and asking myself some of those questions." Whereas in a lot of cases, um, and, and I can certainly talk from experience here, that, that's almost knocked out of you. And so then you do fall into the trap of wanting and trying to fit in, um, which again, you know, going back to what you said a little bit earlier, you, you, you never felt that you, that you fitted in. Um, and good on you for having the, you know, the strength within you to, to kind of challenge that and, and make some, some different decisions. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we talked earlier about, um, you know, I had acute anxiety and depression um, in my mid 20s. And back then, you know, there wasn't the the support at all out there. Um, no, no signposting. And it was literally you go see a counsellor on a waiting list um, and have some medication, which people might say is not too different to what you get today. But there is a lot more awareness and support. We couldn't even mention the word depression or mental health. I would have been dismissed and, you know, from my job immediately. Um, so I think because of that, and you know, I think a lot of the things that have driven me to do what I do now, including like my dad's sudden death, which obviously created a lot of change for me. But those two points of being ill and that were kind of like saying to me, do you know what? It gets really, really bad 
and if you want to use the word quite dark in life and you have a choice and it is not until you're right in that place that you make that choice and sometimes we're strong enough to make that choice on our own and make a positive choice sometimes we're not and we need that support and we need that help and I'm thankful that there you know I'm a mental health campaigner as you know and there's lots of support out there now I was strong enough to make a choice that said I wanted to live and I wanted to live a happy, long-lasting life. So as long as I wake up every day and that's happening, then say so I've done it. Does that answer? I don't know if that answers quite, but it's... It, 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 it does and it comes from the heart and actually that will that will give comfort to, to some people that perhaps have found themselves in in that dark place um, and and haven't had the, either the strength to talk or albeit we are talking more yeah. now which is great and, and we're getting a little bit more comfortable talking about these uncomfortable things um, but if they haven't got the strength to talk then then that potentially gives them some comfort um, to just almost set your your daily com- compass that says that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get up and I'm, and I'm going to make something of today and not worry too much about tomorrow or next week or a year down the line. I'm just going to do that. And that would be my intention. Um, I, I love the energy that comes through from you and because it, 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 it connects with me. I, I'm very kinesthetic, as, as my wife would say, and I'm I love interacting with with other people that, that kind of get those feelings out because it, it's very difficult for me not to get excited and, and animated. Yeah. Um, tell me about some of the great teachers that have guided you, supported you, inspired you along your journey. Gosh, so there's quite a mixture. Um, and obviously the the turning point of my journey, I, I started, I leaned towards Reiki, which is quite interesting when you're just saying about being in just for... One of the Reiki, the beginning of the Reiki principles is just for today. That's it. And then there's a, a number of principles. I won't go into those, but it it sort of led me into that focus of just for today. So um, Reiki in itself as a philosophy and training has been a massive influence on my working life. However, obviously, um, Dr. Yusui is no longer here. Um, so I don't get the direct <laughs> support from him. But my definitely my Reiki teachers... Um, I had a level one teacher and then um, I moved to another lady for two and three and my teacher. Um, and both those ladies are incredibly um, amazing because of what they shared with me. But also, I think, because I was ready for it. And um, I built up a very strong relationship with both of those two ladies. Um, so and Victoria Whitney, who we mentioned um, just in our brief chat earlier, who was one of our Be Life Happy friends, she um, has been a great support because of her experience, again, around uh, Reiki energy, but also around coaching. So um, she was able to introduce me to maybe authors that I perhaps wouldn't have considered. Um, So that was interesting. So things like the holographic universe, I perhaps wouldn't have been drawn to that but when she um, was able to explain that actually that might help me understand about the energy and yeah so getting my um, perception sort of together in my learning days Deepak Chopra was one of my very earlier ones and um, quantum healing uh, was probably the 
the pinnacle book for me. I absolutely love it. It's on my bookshelf and I open it up and it's like the pages are absolutely trashed. I've got post-it notes all over it and it's probably the most post-it noted book I have. Um, there was so much in there for me to learn um, about mind and body. So I am very passionate about how the mind and body connect and communicate with each other. So who else? Um, Mitch Olburn. Have you ever heard of? Yeah. He's amazing. Tuesdays with Murray. Yeah. Um, I read a few of those and I was in, yeah, totally. And I wasn't ready because somebody said it was about death. And I was like, but my dad's just died. The last thing I want to do is read about death. So I left it about a year and then read it. My goodness, it was amazing. And there's, I think, little things like that. Robin um, Sharma, I read a lot of his work earlier on. And if you think about some of his work, he also comes from a very business entrepreneurial side as well, which ties in very much with my marketing business head. So I quite enjoyed a lot of his um, work because it made it made sense it sort of, and, and challenged me. I've got to be honest, very honest, which clearly you know I am now. Um, I haven't been able to draw upon any influences probably in the last two years, and I've really, really struggled. I think the people that are out there are saying the same stuff it's it doesn't feel like it's taking me anywhere different um i'll look for ideas um for anybody who's like from the business perspective i think shah wasmond is um quite an interesting lady to to connect and sort of see her work um her level of confidence in how she um projects it actually in person because i've been to a couple of her boot camps just to see her in sort of at work but also on her videos i just think i've been able to reconfirm and and learn a bit more about myself by watching her um, the other person is david shepherd see interesting when i read this question i was like i have none i've sat here and i'm already sorry david shepherd's an influence and he won't realize why um, but he's from yorkshire and i was born in um yorkshire so as soon as I heard his voice on the um, Hope on a Pony CD, because I love that as well, um, I was like, "If that's perfect, that just it, you know when something just connects and works for you." So I've I've looked at a lot of his work, obviously training um, via his his um, business, but I um, yeah, there's there's some of his stuff that I do really enjoy, and I think because he works energetically very strongly and obviously that that connects really much with me so yeah it's we need somebody new so quite a few people then yeah hopefully that helps um, <laughs> people to dabble out there and find some other influences yeah Tick, ticking things off in my mind as you talked about uh, Mitch Alburn and Robin Sharma especially because that res he resonated with me when I was in India uh, many years ago uh, and that first book that I read of his, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, um, really kind of provoked me to to, to think and, and to start to think differently. Um, it was about the same time I read The Alchemist as well by Paolo Coelho. I've probably yeah. done him an injustice in terms of how I've pronounced his name. But th those type of spiritual books for me help me connect at, at, at a very different level. And I think you're right in terms of there doesn't appear to be the same type of writing or, or stories out there which which those type of people authors I mean more than authors they're, they're business people they're entrepreneurs as well 
Um, there's a lot of practical stuff at the moment, which which which, which I see, um, and there's a lot of tapping into, you know, this 24/7 world that that we are in, and how easy it is to get distracted. So, I read a book recently by uh, Adam Alter called Irresistible, um, which talks about the addiction that we have when it comes to technology, which very different to what I would have read previously, but equally as gripping because he draws comparisons uh, in his studies to uh, people that are addicted to heroin um, and how we have a similar addiction now to uh, technology, uh, which kind of gripped me because I thought, oh, that's a little bit different. So you might want to check out um, yeah. Adam Alter. Okay, what do you see on a regular basis in your work or even your life that frustrates you? Um, I think uh, from a, a real passionate side, it, it, I find it still very frustrating, the lack of knowledge and education around our mental health. Um, obviously, because even from a business perspective, you know, those individuals are under an awful lot of pressure. Um, you know, stress shouldn't be ignored. Um, and it's, it's for some reason, and I don't know why, um, that we've just started to ignore how our mind and body are behaving. And it's like, are we ignoring it because of technology? You know, I, I don't know. But um, it's, it's not, I'm going to put it, in a, day, in a week, in, in all the days I see clients, um, and new clients that come through, it's most often that people can't sleep and they're tired. They can't, um, the issues around food, either lack of or too much um, because of working around routines um, and stress and anxiety. They're coming to see me before it gets too bad. And that's, you know, and I'm, I'm so relieved that I'm in this position um, and I've been and trained to do what I do. Um, and I, that's why I've always been supportive of other therapists too. But it's it makes it not it frustrates me. It makes me sad that um, there isn't an, an answer initially. I just think that you know there is a lot of work going on in schools now. Um, but unfortunately, there's still going to be a couple more generations that are going to be deeply affected. Now, I I I tend to work mainly with a generation that is mine and the you know above me. Um, sometimes below but not many but they're going to come through you know and there's many therapists I speak to and you know say exactly the same thing you know it's it's an area that we've supported physical health and we know it so well it, it's incredible and we can live longer but can we emotionally sustain that the stuff we need to learn yeah it's an interesting question that you pose and and, and challenge with it because you, we, there's positives. We, we are talking more. Um, the conversations are happening. Uh, information is is more readily available, but we're not. It's actually not providing. Yeah, we're not providing solutions. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in fact, all we're doing is we're we're, we're providing more problems. Which is what they've uh, said. We've we've made everybody aware, but now there's no resources to help those people that are aware because they don't know what resources to give them. So and it's really unfortunate, but I hope over the next because it was ten it's ten years I've been working around mental health, and you know I've seen the difference of people actually be able to use the words without going. <gasps> um, so that's massive progress. So another ten years down the line, hopefully 
you know, people will have much, much more support and resources available to them to actually take action. So a 10 year sounds a long time, but actually it's not. So, um, yeah, but that in frustration wise, that would be from a business point of view. The biggest thing that frustrates me is, unfortunately, with our beautiful world of technology, um, there are experts for everything. Experts galore, gurus galore. We've all heard it. We've all talked about it. But, you know, business people starting out, entrepreneurs, sole traders, doesn't matter how you're setting up your business, you're vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there to sell a product or a service. And there's people out there, experts, taking advantage of them. And the biggest, which is why I still work with business owners, because I hate that. It's it's not right. There are ways and, you know, we, we were able to do marketing before the internet. So if I can teach people those skills, plus the online digital skills as well, aren't they in a much better position? Because there's people that they've just been absolutely ripped off. Um, on monthly fees and people going, oh, you can only update your website through me. We're not in that age anymore. You know, this technology is easy to use and should be more easily taught so that, you know, it's encouraging for people to start up a business and not be afraid of it. But yeah, so I, I still work with businesses for the very reason that it pains me to see them being ripped off. So yeah. Wow. To, to different messages but but equally powerful because actually you're, you're right um you know I, I i see it as well and i and i hear people talking about you know the types of money that they they pay for a website and what have you and, and, it, and it shocks me you know I, i'm i'm tech savvy but i'm 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 not technical uh, i also know though where you can go to you know watch videos on youtube and and learn how to to make those changes at next to no cost albeit it's going to take you a little bit longer and yeah, it's frustrating. I, I I get that. If you were starting out now, what would you um, what what life white life sorry what life lesson do you wish um, you've been made aware of? If if you if you were you know entering into your career now, what what life lesson looking back over your career do you do you think would have been helpful um, or useful at that point? It's really true. I was given a lot of advice and guidance when I was starting out, and I took it. Um, I thought it was the right thing to go into business and marketing because it was a lot more stable, but much more secure so that I could have a career and I could get married and I could have my kids and then I could get a mortgage or probably have that already, pay the mortgage off, then retire, put the kids through uni and make sure I paid for my funeral. Yeah, that's pretty much what it what it was about. Um Nobody ever told me that it was okay to do what I cared about because what I cared about wasn't important. Paying the bills was important. And I felt so disappointed when I wasn't able to afford a house on my own, even though I had a, a good career. And then somebody turned around and said, well, can't you just buy a house with somebody? No, because you'd have to find somebody to buy a house with and I'm not just going to pull somebody off the street to do that and that's that's actually official advice I was given over the telephone call many many years ago and so I was devastated so I looked for a life that I could use that would support me which was in Cyprus because it wasn't here that's why I moved abroad because I couldn't have the life that I actually thought I deserved in the UK thankfully I've come back and I 
I have got the life I deserve. Um, but I would always say that, yes, do you know what? We do have a way to live. And there are things that I'm glad I was made aware of in my early days. But I just wish somebody would have said to me, it's okay to care. And it's okay that if it's important to you to pay attention to it. Because I think I ignored it all. I, I love when I ask my guests that, that question, I love how in a lot of cases they they come back to this, well, this is what we were told to do. Actually, what would have been more useful and maybe more empowering, albeit I'd have found my way anyway, um, would have been the message that actually you don't have to follow that path that you just described there in terms of you, you come out of university or education, you get a job, you work your way up, you work hard. You meet somebody, you get, and, and all that, which is, you know, previous generations, that, that, that was the norm and, and that was expected. And we know why it was the norm and we know why a lot of people did it. Uh, but when you when you look at the the state and, and from a health perspective, physically and mentally, that people are in when they reach retirement age, for me, that's a good enough reason to kind of look at your own life and think, well, I don't necessarily want to be in that position. You know, I, I, I don't want all that stress for, for 40 years working for a big organisation whereby, you know, I'm just a number, but I'll get my pension at the end. Is it is it really worth it? And I think I always I always go back to people like Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week uh, in terms of disrupting and provoking that thought that says you don't have to do it that way. Um, so I, I ask the question hoping sometimes but but actually when i look back at it reflecting that a lot of my guests share a similar type answer in terms of you know that message that they they wish they'd had when they were you know earlier in their career yeah no let's talk a little bit about your first book now it might be your only book i don't know but um you've written your first book be life happy uh, Give, Play, Love and Learn. That was published back in 2015. Uh, you regularly write in terms of your blog uh, and you post a lot of stuff out via your your website. So what, what were your reasons for writing the book? What are your reasons for continuing to write and share? So I actually don't know what was the first thing that made me go, I'm going to start a blog. Because I actually started off with the very old, um, I can't remember what they were called now. Uh, it was very, it, was, it might have been like before WordPress or something. And I set up a little blog and then I had to try and get it to disappear, disappear once I'd learned WordPress. Um, but I thought, well, I was moving back to Cyprus in 2009. And I thought, well, actually, I'd already created Be Life Happy the year before um, through a dream. Um, which is pretty much how the book starts, is that um, I had this dream about 80 butterflies one night, and the next night I went to bed and I had the same dream of these 80 butterflies, but one extra flew in. And for me, it was like eight plus one equals nine in numerology, nine is completion. And I was like, so clearly my life, things in my life were completing because my dad had just passed away. Um, I'd moved back from Cyprus, um, having my, you know, working over there, I'd moved into a new house. I was thinking about whether I was going to go self-employed or go back to work. I couldn't make my mind up. So I was like, yeah, I know things are changing. And then for some reason, yeah, Be Life Happy was created and I started reading lots and did all my retraining and I started just writing stuff. And then I thought, well, actually, there's nothing stopping me from putting it out there 
So I think October 2009 was my first blog for Be Life Happy. Um, and then I created the, the website was finally finished um, that Christmas. So and what I was wanting to write and inspire people, I was I was sad to see people so unhappy. And I think I was in the midst of an immense amount of grief. Um, but actually, I was still the optimist. Yeah, I still saw that life was worth living and I wanted to share that with people. And um, so I kept writing and I enjoy writing. It's it's a really lovely space for me to be in. Um, my Mac is like my best friend. I've only just updated my last one that was seven years old, um, but now have fallen in love with a new one. Um, it's my way of connecting and I connect in various ways. You know, I find I connect forgive me for the terminology but like with source uh with my higher self whatever terminology you want to use and i've i felt very gifted with be life happy that a lot of that was that was gifted information to me it was guided and i was in a very very special place that i feel very fortunate to have experienced it also allowed me to meet people like yourself and other very inspiring people too but the book itself how that came about was I was actually laying in my garden um, in another house because I moved quite a lot um, and it was a bright blue sky day I always remember it I was laying there going I just want to write a book I just want to get my book written it's, it's been a dream of mine for years just to have a book and I was like but I need about 80,000 words to make it a real book it had to be a real book obviously so I'd already set these limits and then I just sat up and I went I've got all that content on my Mac because I'd taken all my stuff off the website so I got it all into a document and then all my quotes that I'd written my poems my meditations everything I'd been writing I've got 76,000 words so I was like I've got a book <laughs> so that was in 2012 so that was three years before I published the book so my husband then decided to propose to me which was lovely obviously but then life went on to wedding planning mode and honeymoon planning. And then I got, I sent my book off um, to a publisher and they replied and obviously heartbroken because I wasn't accepted. However, what they said was they felt I had a real, my writing had a really good connection to the audience. Um, I had a very clear message. It just wasn't spiritual enough for them as a publisher. Um, I didn't want Be Life Happy to be too spiritual, if there's a word of that, um, because I wanted it to connect with everybody. I didn't want anybody to feel isolated. Everybody has the opportunity to connect to find happiness for a lifetime, as far as I'm concerned. So I went ahead and self-published it, which I went and got a professional editor. There was like loads of stuff with that. But I still, I set up. Be Life Happy was kind of packaged up then as a book. So it was, what does Emma Emma Lanigan do? So I set up my own website as emmalanigan.com and that's where I've continued to blog and share stuff. And I evolve over time. So obviously my writing and the things I share change. So I try to keep it quite consistent. Um, but sometimes I'll throw in a bit of a curveball of something I'm inspired by and I'll just put it out there. Um, What's interesting is what what makes me keep writing, yeah? I, I'd love to say it was because I got loads of views and loads of comments and stuff like that. But a lot of people don't comment on my work. And it's taken me years to understand why. 
lots of people have explained it to me, but you always think, surely there should be some more people. People don't want to show their friends that they read my work. I'm very honest about what I'm about and what I do and, and who I support. So if you if you want to keep that part of your journey private, then you don't want to be liking and sharing my stuff because your friends are going to find out about it. And that a little bit of that's a bit, oh, that's a shame. However, if I'm if I'm doing so, if I walk out, sometimes I'll bump into people and they'll go, oh, I love that thing you wrote. And I'll be like, I had no idea they even read my stuff. I didn't even know they liked my page because I get to see everybody. So there's a lot of people that are probably digesting my stuff that I don't even know about. So if I stop doing it, then what are those people going to read? So if they're connecting with me at the moment, then I've got to keep writing. I think the key thing which I'm picking up there is you you're writing because a you enjoy the process um b i suspect you you take something from it as well in terms of yourself and then c if if just one person reads it uh, or listens to it or watches it um then one person has has got that message and and has been able to do something with it and i i find myself in a similar place sometimes because we're in this you know social media um, world where likes and followers and and this that and the other shares you know almost push you up this social media ladder when actually when I come back to to the reasons why it's because there's a message there that I want to share and if, if one person does something with it then great I, I also understand what you're saying there in terms of you know people that read it that don't comment or don't like it it says they don't want to be seen to to kind of standing out from from the crowd and and having their own view and and having some different thoughts perhaps to to their friends their family or, or even their colleagues yeah no absolutely which which is a real shame but again we have to accept that and you know it, it's frustrating when you look at some of the you know the blogs that that do get lots of hits or some of the youtube channels that get lots of views I don't think they're always the ones that are adding the most value into people's lives. Often they're the ones that are all celebrity based or endorsing something which, you know, might be the latest product or the or the latest service and, and I think for me, you know, they're coming at it from a different starting point whereas and you people have, like you and I you have to question the true integrity of the message that they're sharing and, and I'm not dismissing their work because if they can profile um, creating change um, and no and empowerment um, and self-development that is absolutely awesome and happiness oh my goodness doesn't everybody want to be happy they went through a stage of about two years and you know as you know be life happy was something I created in 2008 the give play love learn followed you know the the philosophy and then all of a sudden for the last two years all I've seen is books on happiness and I'm just like it's great if people are interested in happiness they might buy my book I'm okay with that. But I think the thing is, like you say, um, you know, there's a disruptive element um, to what we do as individuals. And we also have a level of integrity for the reason of why we do what we do. And, you know, when people would say, how many books have you sold? Or how, you know, this, that, and the other. Like, You're missing the point. If somebody buys one copy, but shares it with four or five people in their friends or family, 
I don't need to know how many times it's been shared. It doesn't matter to me. And you say, well, you know, if you just help one person, I, I always said from the very beginning, because I, I got so much criticism about Be Life Happy, it was unbelievable, the amount of blocks I got about it. It's like, don't expect everybody to be happy. How do you think that you have the right to change people's perspective? And no, uh, it was, it was really, everybody really didn't want it to work. Obviously, I persevered, but I said, if I can just help a handful of people in my lifetime through Be Life Happy, then I've done my bit. I've done my bit. And, you know, I still I still believe in Be Life Happy. I still pick it up and read it sometimes because it shocks me. I'm like, it doesn't feel like I wrote, I wrote it. So I can still learn from that book. So it was as much for me as it is for anybody else who reads it. I was just fortunate. I had a husband who was willing to support me through that publishing process because that was quite tough. But um, And then also getting to grips with the fact of you've got a piece of your personal life because it is a very personal element to the book as well um, and observational parts of life. There's, that, that's out there now. It's in print and people can get their hands on it. But I'm okay with that because that's who I am. I, I, yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the book that Brené uh, Brown wrote about uh, Daring Greatly and, and showing that vulnerability that each of us have. And, you know, looking back through your book, a, a big part of the book is you bearing your soul and, and showing your vulnerability, knowing that, you know, some people will take comfort from that and, and other people will be critical or, or have a different view on it. And I think... Either way, it comes from a good place in terms of you wanting to share that message. And if a little bit like mental health, if we all started talking more, if we all started showing a little bit more vulnerability, um, there, there would be a bigger ripple effect and, and we'd have less people um, that perhaps feel feel the way they do, but but don't really know what to do about it. Yeah. The, the question I have is, is there another book on the way? So um, I started writing another one um, not long after Be Life Happy was published and I then thought actually I need a new Mac because I don't want to write my next book on this because it was getting older um, and a bit more challenging at times and then I was like no no I can't let that be a barrier updated it all got it running and then somebody said to me do you not think you ought to just hold back a bit put some effort into selling the first one Focus a bit more on other areas of your life because you've been engrossed in getting the editing because that was a very lengthy process. Um, and just, yeah, and then revisit it. But I've got this idea. I've been playing it over in my head and I wrote this this first section and I read it to a couple of people and they all went, oh, my God, what happens next? And I was like, oh, great. So my next book, I want it to be fiction so and that's that's probably my biggest passion is that like for an, a personal achievement is I want to have a fictional book um, on my list. So the book is fictional. Um, I don't think the beginning will change. It's still there. I can still see it in my head and the story. I'm sure of how the story progresses, middle and end. Creating the time, which I think any person, writer, anybody who wants to achieve something will say, I haven't got time at the moment. And you know... I know I could create time, but actually at the moment where things are in life, that's more important to me. 
Um, but I know that there will be time for this book at the right time. And I'm okay with that. Excellent. Excellent. That leads me nicely into wanting to explore with you and get your thoughts on work-life balance. So I shared with you uh, my thoughts uh, around what I call perfect imbalance. Um, what are your thoughts on balance? Well, I think what you've done is helped provoke my thinking around it because I haven't really thought about it. I I do live in a world where, you know, as I say, I wake up in the morning and as long as my day is intentionally um how can I put it I'm contributing I'm healthy um I'm active I've been active during the day as well um and I've had a laugh and you know it's and it's been filled with love I have to say that's important to me as well then I've 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 had a good balanced day yeah however looking at the perfect imbalance I it really got me thinking because I just recently ran a, a marketing live session, we call them now, and um, they, we talked about time, which time's obviously very, it was an issue that everybody wanted to discuss, and obviously it comes up with balance, because if you've got balance, you'd be able to create time. So it's, I love time, it's such an amazing topic, because we've all got the same amount, it's how we choose to use it, and it's what's important to us at the time, and how we use it. But perfect imbalance has helped me see that actually, and remind myself that, we've changed the way in which we work and the importance of work and its value to us. So, you know, before it was about you had a work life and you had a home life and you might have had a social life that was separate to all of those actually. So we were actually quite um, separated, you know, and we compartmentalized our worlds. And I think that's really quite, I, I can associate with that myself in a, in a younger self. But when I created my change and understood that nothing was separate and everything was part of one, um, I've been able to look at my own balance. Now, if, I, if I'm if i pushed for time, it's my own fault. And I, I take full responsibility for that, which is pretty much my June gone because um, it was it was a little bit, little bit on it. Um, so, I yeah. I like your concept of perfect imbalance in that I think it really, really highlights where where we have changed. And actually, I don't think people have noticed that change yet. I well, think they're looking for work-life balance, but actually yeah. what you've identified has been there for a couple of years. But people are still gradually moving through the process and they're going to go, actually that's what I want the perfect imbalance because it is that that's how I have I've looked at all everything that you've you've written because it was it was important for me to understand where you were coming from but yeah I've, I'm completely 100% behind the concept I think that's exactly where we are now well that's very kind of you to say so um and, and I know speaking to other guests they've They've certainly got their head around this this concept or this alternative, um, and and in some cases, you know, completely on board with it. In other cases, they they've had a slightly different view. But but I think the key for me is that different view has also been different uh, to what we've been led to believe about striving for this work life balance. Um, I, I I think you're right in terms of 
it's been changing for a couple of years now, but we we haven't seen anything different or heard anything new to, to provoke those thoughts. So in a lot of cases, I still see people, and I've, I've been guilty of this, trying to have that balance when actually it, it's leading to more stress uh, and more pressure because they're, they're more conscious and aware than ever. Um, but if they haven't got it, they feel bad because they haven't got it. Um, and in some cases, it's it's quite paralyzing and, and, and stops people doing what they want to do in any aspect of their life. Um, so you think it's a myth, work-life balance? Uh, do you know, a myth, I think people, like you say, are still trying, trying their absolute best to live by it. But does it exist? I mean, I don't really want to use my husband as an example, but he, he I find him quite inspiring because he's, he's quite unique, I think, in these day and ages. He's, he's worked for the same company for nearly 25 years um, in progressional different places, and it's been acquired, you know, several times. But that, that's his full-time job. But he also has two other things. He's been a, in scouting movement for 25 years as well as a leader. So he's been a volunteer for 25 years. But he also takes part in um, amateur dramatics. Now, you've got a full-time, quite heavily engaging role. You're a volunteer that requires training as well as attendance and planning and, you know, all those other things. Plus being on a committee for another thing that you love and you're passionate about. So you put all of that into a pot. If you asked him, have you got a work-life balance? He'd go, what are you talking about? He's just living. He gets up in the morning and he goes out there and lives his day and comes home. And then he'll do carry on living until he goes to sleep. And then he gets up the next day and lives another day. And if you said to him, have you thought about the concept of the power of now or being in the present moment, what's that? He's already doing it. He, he, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to, I don't want to use even the word need, but draw attention to any of these things because he's really, I've, I find him really, really quite unique. It's probably why we got married because he's, he just manages his world and enjoys it he still has his challenges like we all do and that's why we build up resilience to learn how to overcome those challenges but day to day and he's healthy he doesn't seem to get ill very often um, he doesn't complain of aches and pains or you it's he's he's getting on with life and and he's created life that works for him so i find him actually really quite inspiring because i live completely the opposite scale in that you know i'm looking to be inspired to create that balance in my life but i've, I've found that balance but mine's more from a peaceful element that as long as i have that to connect to then i i feel like i've achieved my day well you know so yeah i I think there'll be more changes and hopefully with what you're doing, uh, more people will become aware of actually that there is, is there a right or wrong in how you balance your day? As long as you're healthy, happy, and it's working for you and the people around you as well, then actually that's your perfect imbalance, isn't it? Yep, you're absolutely right. The, the landscape has changed and I think with it, people's thoughts and views are starting to change. Um, albeit I think you know some people are further down that that kind of train of thought than than others um but no sounds like your your husband has 
perfect. In balance. Without you, without even thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> been any consciously aware of it at all. But do you know something else you just said there? When you think about some of these other influences who have created like the 5am club or there's all these various different ways of working. Well, you know, then there's other conflicting um, research that says, you know, getting up and being productive at 5am actually isn't suitable for us as humans. So how do you know what is best for you? And I think when I started my journey, I read, I call it a journey because that's when I realized I was actually living. And I, started reading so many different books because I was looking for somebody else to show me the way but that's why I created Be Life Happy because Be Life Happy works for me now if that if that philosophy works for somebody else then that's incredible but actually it works for me I give each day I play each day I love myself and other people each day and I learn each day it's that simple and it sounds like that's it, but it is. I've I've learnt that over the years. It feels natural to me, and I think if anybody finds what's natural to them without resistance, comes with ease, that that's your that's your perfect imbalance, isn't it? Find it. It is, and and with that, my my hope is that if they find that, they'll be bold enough and courageous enough to to live that way rather than accepting perhaps the way they've lived or thought they should live in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That's my hope. Good. Excellent. Uh, I love your thoughts. I love your energy. As I said before, I've got some, uh, what I call quick fire questions, which I'm going to ask every guest at the end of each interview, which usually causes a little bit more concern because people are like, Oh no, what do I say? Who do I invite? Um, but it's designed really just that, um, add a little bit more fun in, into the, you know, the interview and also give the listeners a little bit more of an insight in, into you, albeit you've shared quite a lot already about you. So first question, social media platform of choice, if you could only use one. Facebook at the minute. Mm, I think you're the first guest that said Facebook, actually. Um, a celebrity, politician, public figure or thought provoker that you admire and admit to following on social media? I think I mentioned earlier, Charles Osman's probably the only one at the moment that's probably talking sense. Okay, cool. Three guests to have to dinner, past or present. Oh my goodness, I thought about this and I'm really, really sorry to disappoint everybody, <laughs> but it would be my dad. I thought about it many, many times. I want to have dinner with my dad. I want to have dinner with my grandmother, who was 105 when she passed away, and had amazing conversations with her. And if I had to have a third person, they wouldn't go together. But um, I think I'd quite like to meet Dr. Yusui um, and learn a bit more about Reiki. Beautiful. I, I, I never know what to expect. That I always think back to uh, Kim Ingleby on episode two when she said, my family. And I was like, oh, right, okay. Um that's not what I expected. She goes, well, I don't see them that often. Um, and, and they live up in Scotland, so I'd have my family. And, and actually, when I spoke to a lady called uh, Juliet McGrattan um, on episode four, I think it was, um, she had these fantastic, um, you know, female role models. And then she said, and I'll invite you as well, Jeff. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Um, so I never know what people are going to share, but I always love listening to to people would choose and, and I think you've got some great ones there. Um, what are you currently reading? 
um, Mind Body Connection, it's called. Um, I couldn't tell you who it's by. It's quite heavy going. That means you've not finished it. Right. Um, right. This will be an interesting one. What podcast do you never miss an episode of? <laughs> I have never, ever listened to a podcast, ever. Um, and this is the first time I've ever taken part in one. So um, that might all change now. <laughs> I love it. And you were so honest with me before we got into the interview. And, and you said that. You said, I've never listened to a podcast. Um, but actually, I might start to give it a go. And that's good because up until uh, Christmas last year, I hadn't really got into a podcast either. So it just goes to show. A guilty pleasure, should you view it that way, um, which you do when you have some time to yourself. Um, honestly, I watch Coronation Street. <laughs> I couldn't tell you who's in it, but but good for you. <laughs> um, what item do you take on a long journey? Um, I don't. I'm quite happy to have silence and just me. I've always got my phone because have to have phone but yeah so i might take the earphones to listen to uh, hope on a pony but ordinarily it's just me just you one thing you wish you'd invented this has really been bothering me and i'm sure there's something because i am such a creator and i always want to create something and i just can't think of anything at all <laughs> that's okay the one that st sticks out in my mind uh, so far from the guests that I've interviewed was Chris Barris-Brown on episode three who said, love. He said, can I do that? And I said, you can do whatever you like. It's your question. And he said, yeah, I wish I'd invented love. Oh, and I, I, just, I wasn't expecting that. But yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Because I, 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 the way I see is that everything that I have and experience, I'm so grateful for that actually I don't seek out for new gadgets or things or because... You know, there's probably an answer to most of the things that I want out there, but actually they're not that important to me, so I don't go and get them. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? The more I ask that question, the more I think to myself, it, is it is it something we need to know? But I, I, I keep it in there because I'm naturally curious. Yeah, I just I just want to know. <laughs> uh, one one possession that means something to you. Again, um, I wish I could say there was one thing. Most of the things that I have in my home have been given as gifts or we've bought together on journeys places. So I can pretty much tell a story as you walk around my whole house. Um, so, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, I've got three questions left for you. Who would you like to hear, although I, I think I used the word see, as a future guest on the Perfect Imbalance podcast? That long pause is because you haven't got an answer for me. <laughs> I did, I thought, but because I've not done them and because I've, I think we talked about it earlier is that I I haven't seen somebody out there that I really want to listen to at the moment, you know, from my perspective. And, you know, I hope that you get a number of guests that are going to start inspiring me for that thing that I'm looking for because... I'm really, I really am struggling to find it out there. It's, it just doesn't seem to be there. Um, you've already said you've got, um, you've got Kirsty, and I'd be very much looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm really sorry to let you down on that one. I cannot think of anybody. That's okay. Well, let's hope some of the future guests uh, inspire you, and then something drops in, and, and you send it through. 
Okay, Emma, what projects are you currently working on and how can the listeners find out more about what you're doing? Okay, so I'm currently, um, I work with my clients one-to-one. Um, I do tend to work um, in my local area, um, which is in Lincolnshire and Peterborough, Stamford area. Um, I do work with clients online as well. Um, I run workshops, so people can come and find me through those. Um, and do a few talks. Well, everything I do is very informal. I work with some local charities as well. Um, I'm also working on a project um, for the local community, which is a bit of a follow-on, a little bit from Be Life Happy, but in a different context, is to help promote um, well-being and connect people. Um, but it's in a very inspiring way. So a bit of a new site for the local community where people can connect and learn about what, a bit similar to what you're doing, um, in, a, in a sense, actually, but without the interviewing. But saying you know who's local who lives next door to you that actually might have a story to tell like i know there's a there's a gentleman who lives down our road and he is the most amazing artist and i only know that because i live up the road and i have a cup of tea with his wife sometimes i've actually seen his artwork and some of the exhibitions he's done and they are mind-blowing and i bet nobody in this town knows that he he's even here um so i just think this apparently we've got one of the uk um, top 10 triathletes that lives in our area when i was doing a swimming challenge he was in the lane swimming and he swam nearly every time i went so somebody said what what i was like whoa i want people to know more about that why why should we be keeping this stuff the young people could be learning and that's i think my my focus is now shifting more to a younger generation my work is with adults but i want to put more effort into helping younger people and a younger generation get opportunity not be not be pushed back and told no you shouldn't be doing that or no you're too young or da 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 I want to say, do you know, yes, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Get involved. Give something back to your community as well, but in a way that will help them feel inspired in life as well. So that's that's um, that's a slow progression in something that I'm doing. Um, and obviously my book as well, obviously that's always there. And um, everything that I do can be found on my website, which is emmalampin.com. Fabulous. Well, I will make sure um, all your social media platforms and your website is in the show notes. One final question. Um, and it is, what's your final takeaway for the listeners? You know, I would say it is about the Be Life Happy philosophy, because a lot of people, um, especially in a business context, you'd think, well, why would that be relevant to me? But it doesn't matter whether you're in business or you're an individual. At the end of the day, if you find the time to give, play, love, learn, so giving and receiving, look at the exchanges and the relationships you have um, in your life. Finding that time with play to be creative, step outside of the routine, go just stand in the middle of your lawn or go and stand in the middle of a green or go for a walk around the block. Breathe in, look up at the sky for a change instead of just down at the floor or straight ahead of you. Change the view change the angle of your camera get a skipping rope uh, you know there's so many things that you can do that don't even cost money um and it's just an excuse that's stopping you from doing them so get that creativity back in your life and the love part is about self-care and self-awareness and saying do you know it's okay that this is who i am and to love ourselves for who we are right now today as well not who we're thinking i wish i was like this or i want to be this 
it's great to have the aspiration and vision, but be to, to be in love with who you are now, that self-acceptance allows that change to happen. So it gets rid of the resistance. So yeah, love is really important. Make time to find things, whether it's, it is going to get your toenails painted. Um, Cause I know men go and have pedicures too. Um, it can be quite relaxing. Um, and go and massage, Reiki, complimentary therapies, yoga, Pilates, all of these different things. There's lots of stuff out there to go and find that space and then learning to not feel that you can't learn something and that you're too old to learn something or I'm not good enough to learn that or, well, if I start it, what if I don't have time to finish it? Just day by day, you can pick up lots of different little bits of information that can help grow your awareness and learning and learn and reflect about your own life. It's, it's an incredible concept and you can do it across your business as well. So I just think, yeah, be life happy. Wonderful. And, and so many messages weaved into one, uh, which I expected actually uh, from you at the very end. Um, Emma, thank you so, so much for agreeing to come on the podcast and for taking the time out to share a little bit of your story and, and also some messages there, which you know, will hopefully encourage and empower others to, to take some different steps in the future. So thank you very much indeed uh, for taking the time out. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. A huge thank you to Emma for taking the time out to share so much with us today and also for giving us that insight into her own personal journey as well. If you want to start a conversation with her, you can find her on Twitter instagram and facebook and also check out more details about her on her website all those details are included as always in the show notes now the competition if you want to get your hands on a signed copy of emma's book be life happy then all you have to do is either a like retweet uh, or comment or share uh, on any of the posts that go out across social media um, during this week all of those names will go into a hat and I will draw one at random and you will win a signed copy of Emma's book now if you've enjoyed the show then please do subscribe to the Perfect Imbalance podcast either through iTunes Spotify or go directly to the Ignite Performance website uh, it does uh, help the word get out there to, to more and more people um, if you know a friend that would benefit from listening in to, to some of the episodes, then please do recommend it to them. Uh, leave a, a rating as well and a comment and, and that will boost uh, where Perfect Imbalance is. Until next time, thank you for listening to Perfect Imbalance. Remember this, when you have a balance, enjoy it. When you've got an imbalance, embrace it. For in those moments, you are striving towards achieving your next success increasing your happiness or looking for greater fulfillment. Bye for now.